Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This week, King Kong versus Godzilla. In the year 29... No, that's not the year. No, no. <laughs> I just, I just erased so many from my memory. <laughs> In the year 2021, Godzilla versus Kong finally released. But I'm here talking about the 1962 one instead. Meanwhile, you're sitting behind the posters from Modern Kong. <laughs> yep. I literally came out today, but instead of watching it, I'm recording this podcast about the 1962 one. Yeah, yeah. If we weren't <laughs> podcasting, Luke would be at the theater across the street watching the new one. So, Like right this second, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is Matt. This is Luke. Welcome to our sci-fi sci sanctuary. Wow, that was freaky. Okay. Yeah, Jinx. I can't talk for the rest of the podcast. Uh, that would be great, but I bet you're going to. Yeah, yeah, I am going <laughs> to. Uh, so, as said, it's 1962's um, King Kong versus Godzilla. Did I get the title? Yeah, because the new one is the other way around. Yeah, I had to like work that out in my head like several times. And um, the only way to talk about a, a giant ape is to bring a smaller ape to talk about the giant ape. Technically, so all of our guests have been smaller apes. Yes, but this this is an ape who who goes full ape, a blue ape, Sasparilla the singing gorilla. Hello, thanks for joining us. Hey, great to see you. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you know, uh, he, he, you're you, I know catching your act in the Atlanta scene, punk rock clubs. Uh, just for people that don't know, you uh, would show up with a um, stand up bass between the punk rock acts, do some like lounge music, and everyone loves it. Loved it, loves it. I hope I can say that in the present tense, but. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Most most people uh, seem to like it. So I'm still doing it, uh, even to this day. So I know that that was some time ago that we were doing the punk scene in Atlanta. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm in an old ukulele band now. So that's, that's pretty interesting. So I should have brought them along with me for the podcast, but you know. <laughs> They don't know much about King Kong versus Godzilla in 1962. So, you know, we left them at home. But yeah, but yeah we, um, you know, yeah, I keep ukulele stashed at, at the office. So, <laughs> oh, that's super cool. Yeah, I got a ukulele bass since, you know, I'm a bass player. Okay. That's, so, that's but cool. that's always the thing. You know, it says Sasparilla the singing gorilla. It's like, well, what, what are you doing? You're playing bass? It's like, yeah, what are you going to sing? No, I'm just the bass player. <laughs> well, why do you call yourself Sasparilla the singing gorilla? It's like, well, sometimes I sing, but not tonight, you know? I get that a lot. <laughs> so, like, tonight I'm not singing, you know? So tonight I'm Sasparilla, the gorilla who talks about 1962, King Kong versus Godzilla. Right so, on. That, that's the Sasparilla we need. <laughs> it's not the Sasparilla yeah. we deserve. It's the Sasparilla we need right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm well, going to... Right on. That's good stuff. I think I had not actually watched this before. Huh. 
Um, I, I remember in the 80s. Oh, really? Yeah, because it was like, you, there was some weird stigma. I think it was like on the especially cheap VHS label or something. It's like, oh, no, nah, you don't want to you don't want to get into that one. Go, you know, like uh, Destroy All Monsters. That was certainly on my radar. And, uh, you know, Mechagodzilla, all that. Yeah, but, this uh, one was the infamously hard one to get because all the good prints were lost for ages. Okay, that explains part so, of it. So, yeah, that. I think a lot of the VHSs were shite of this film. But I can't, I can't imagine the new one's going to be better than this. Is it possible? It, it, it's going to be such a different experience you can't actually compare. Yeah. Actually, I should, I should mention I, I have actually, I did see the first 30 minutes, but I am waiting to do, do the whole thing in the theater next week. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're talking about the new one now, not 62. Right, right. I, I, I've had my preview. Because I'm expecting like, that you've seen more than 30 minutes of 62. Yeah, oh, be- yeah, yeah. I've seen the whole, yeah, I finished that last night. Yeah, it yeah. gets really exciting after, after Khan gets drunk. Yeah. Oh, right. I, I think I kept playing in my notes that Khan gets high, but yeah, he's drinking. So yeah, you're the probably first right. 30 minutes is just dudes talking. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it seems a little stronger than alcohol, whatever he's drinking. So it's probably ayahuasca. It's having, yeah. you know, talking to the, the serpent being from beyond or something. <laughs> uh, Luke, how many viewings of this have you gotten in? Oh, a lot. Um, <laughs> so when I was a kid, I was super into real cheesy old Godzilla films and the old classic King Kong films. So because this one was A, a crossover and B, really hard to find, it was like this holy grail for me. And then finally in my teens, when like DVDs are suddenly way easier to get hold of and I could just walk into HMV and buy one for like a pound. (laughs) Like that that was a big event for me taking this home and watching it. And yeah, I guess I probably watched it like once a year for 10 years. <laughs> uh, watching it last night, I hadn't seen it in quite a while. Um, I guess because... So the, when I was a kid, you could you just took what you could get. I had like three Godzilla VHS tapes and maybe I could tape one off the TV now and then. Then in like the 20... But when I was like in my teens, suddenly I could start getting a few DVDs. And then in the last 10 years, I could just watch all of them because the internet. So now there's so many Godzilla films to watch that I don't really rewatch them because there's like 30 more I could be watching. <laughs> now, now, Sass, I know in your uh, film endeavors, you jumped straight ahead to, to, to the Mecca, the Mecca Sass for Levi. But uh, I'm, I'm sure, you know, King Kong and Godzilla has got to be an important step in your, your journey. Yeah, so King Kong obviously is, is huge for me. Uh, always was a big influence in my life from a very young age. Uh, but yeah, I was coming up in the uh, I was coming up in the early '70s, and I had it pretty good. Uh, we were having monster movies on TV, you know, every every weekend uh, regularly. So uh, that's that's where I, that's where I pretty much got got my early monster movie experience. But uh, I was voracious. I went out. And I bought all the magazines. I had a big stack of famous monsters when I was a kid. And, you know, uh, all, all the other ones that they were coming out with, Bangoria and the like, uh, it was it was something. But, yeah. So, uh, but King Kong versus Godzilla was always uh, amazing because, you know, obviously it was, it was the one. So, as it turns out, it would be the first movie that, uh, where they had the big giant monster, like two marquee monsters really fight each other, I guess. Mm. So. That was uh, obviously the formula that Toho just went with, you know, going forward. So, yeah, but yeah. This, this I gotta tell you, he, sure, he looked kind of rough, though, don't you think? Like, in, both the costumes are kind of. I mean, yeah, 
33 was was something uh, when King Kong came out. When when Toho uh, bought the license to put him in the movie, yeah, they 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 did a good job, but ooh, he he did look a little bit rough there. But they weren't really taking it too serious, I don't think. No, the so. one thing that I really miss is just um, King Kong's lecherous smile, which we don't get in this one. But he, even when he's not drinking, he looks absolutely wanker throughout this whole film. <laughs> <laughs> he does absolutely. So yeah, and uh, you know he throws a lot of rocks. Yeah, I seem to recall, and this might be bullshit. I think the second Toho King Kong film, he does look a lot better. Yeah, that's the that's the suit that they continued using through the seventies on just as different monsters. Yeah, no, no, as gorilla, gorilla. (laughs) In the seventies, he actually was gorilla on TV because they couldn't use the Kong name anymore by that point. Like that, right? Right, he'd he'd be in that sort of stuff. So, (laughs) Um, wow. I was, I was just thinking maybe it's my own fractured mind, but for, for me, as far as the, the matching of the Titans, it goes from this one, you know, straight on to Freddy versus Jason, but nobody likes that movie except me, so. Because for me, it's Alien versus Predator, which, which is the next film that comes close to this. Oh, I still haven't seen that. I'm going to have to watch that if we're going to be talking. Uh, yeah, I, I got to watch two movies for next week's. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, I, I got back to, I was, I was leaning toward the giant monsters, but Destroy All Monsters was always obviously. Oh, yeah. All be all for me so and that obviously was a direct line from this one kong versus godzilla so well one of the crazy things about this one is there hadn't been many godzillas or kongs before this point this is number three yeah for both both. (laughs) so godzilla we'd only had the two like really serious godzilla films from the 50s kong we hadn't had anything since like the 1930s masterpieces so there's kind of some big brass balls on this film to be like, yeah, we can do a crossover of those two. <laughs> sure. Well, it started Willis O'Brien, who was the original art director in 1933 on Kong. It was his idea. And what he wanted to do was do a movie. He basically was shopping King Kong versus Frankenstein. And he was going to have a giant Frankenstein fight King Kong over San Francisco was the idea. And he started shopping it around to all the American studios and no one would really no one was really receptive to that idea so uh he ended up by uh, shopping it through a through a british director who was tight with toho got in with them and went to them and they were like well yeah let's just change it to king kong we like this giant frankenstein there may have been like another monster in between i think they were going to go with prometheus or something but they eventually they settled on kong and went to toho and toho was like yeah oh yeah let's do it so i think it was their 30th anniversary coming up and they wanted to do like a big thing so they were like yeah let's license kong and uh and it worked out great for them so of course you want to license kong how could you not we still haven't gotten giant frankenstein though that's they did it in like some tv stuff it was in like some power yeah they did do what what was that Uh, oh uh i'm trying to remember I think it was just in some Super Sentai shit. It wasn't in one of the, like, cinematic movies. Mm. Yeah, it may come back to me. I, I, just, I want a pop culture explosion of giant, you know, Frankenstein's monster versus, I don't know, giant Dracula. That'd be fine if they were both, like, 50 feet tall. Yeah, no, I just want <laughs> a Frankenstein that's just, like, a thousand people sewn together to make this giant monster. <laughs> Okay, that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah, that's what you could do with today's effects. That would be sick. <laughs> like uh, in well, the I actual negative they, sense. 
Well, I guess the American effort was just unlucky that RKO Studios had folded by then because that's who they really wanted to go with. I mean, that's who did, I think, the right. original, um, way back when. So, I mean, we were just coming but, off yeah. a decade of smaller, smaller monsters. You know, the creature from the Black Lagoon is fantastic, but that creature's not that big. Yeah. So, it's yeah. So, uh, so, so, that version of uh, Kong versus Godzilla that you had was that the American version or the Japanese dubbed version? So we were watching the one um, on archive.org. So it was the the Japanese version with subtitles. But when I was a kid, I had the American dub. Yeah. Yeah, the American dub would go like to all those like news flashes and stuff like that. And that, yeah. I think that's probably what the big difference was. Really. Just like they did for the original Godzilla as well. Yeah, I sort of had a thing where it's like I almost wanted to kind of watch it and dub but you know living in japan it's like no nah, i gotta watch it in japanese so <laughs> it just feels wrong um and i i guess i've shifted um actually my big shift i think you might have been there was the plaza theater and they were showing uh maybe son of godzilla or something mm. and uh yeah i just remember that was in that was subtitled I'm like okay this, this is, it's time to switch gears and do godzilla this way all the vhs tapes i had as a kid were dubs and that was part of the appeal was how terrible the dubs were when I did see now, I'd rather watch the real Japanese. It was the Silver Scream Spook Show at the Plaza Theater. Yes, yeah. to show the classic monster movies. Yes, that's yeah. right. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, my wife bought a Godzilla shirt there. Or no, that was a Drive Invasion shirt. You know, same same strain. Sure, it's, sure. Is now my daughter, so she's yeah. rocking around her Godzilla shirt. But apparently, she doesn't want to go see Godzilla versus Kong with us. Oh. She's too smart for that. Good times. Well, just 20 more years and you'll be able to sell it on eBay for $237. <laughs> yeah, really? Pre-worn by two the, separate... The Drive people. Invasion t-shirt, by the way. No, right, 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 right. <laughs> Although, yeah, the pre-worn by two Japanese ladies would drive the price up, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately it would. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I'm going to do a quick plot for this one just to get it out of sure. the way for what plot is there. So uh, just give me, let's probably take a minute. Sorry, I'm going to enjoy a cookie. Cookie time. Oh, I, I attacked a kid with a cookie monster and he fell out of his chair last week, by the way. <laughs> just, just saying. Okay. Pacific Pharmaceuticals wants to ramp up its television advertising, so company president Takosan sends a few minions to the South Pacific to draft King Kong as their new mascot. Meanwhile, in the Arctic, an American submarine inadvertently releases Godzilla from his icy prison. Godzilla subsequently rampages. Back in the tropics, King Kong battles a giant octopus, gets really high, and then is thrown on a giant raft bound for Tokyo. They have a run-in with Japanese customs, but this all comes to a head when Godzilla shows up to play with a now awakened King Kong. The two titans go stomping around Honshu with the self-defense forces trying and failing to build a giant trap for Godzilla, but having more luck getting Kong high as hell again. They helicopter the sleeping Kong to Mount Fuji where Godzilla is hanging out. 
The two get full on into the verses we were promised in the title. And these monsters of legend eventually fall into the Atami Sea. Truth be told, Atami is a very steep place. Kong resurfaces to plonk back onto Faro Island? Okay. And everyone just assumes Godzilla will also be back for more hijinks. And Toho did not skimp on that promise. still the start of Godzilla when you when you get down to the brass tacks of this it is still Godzilla is purely a bad guy yeah 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 because are you were you sick and Kong against him which I guess is probably a plot of the new one as well but um yeah um I don't know how much we have to say about actors because we had a fair amount to say about the actors in the original Godzilla yeah but this one it's much more of the they're just there to give you a few jokes and look at the monsters yeah, There's one, not like really rich emotional plots or anything for these guys. What I did like uh, watching the Japanese version is we have these American accents that are like kind of subtly bizarre. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess they've just been told to speak slowly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or they probably had like Germans. You know, doing oh, yeah, all that. Accents. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to give it the international feel by having a few English language scenes in there. I mean, the stars, the stars here are the guys in the suits, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, they'd be like, uh, so does anyone here speak English? Because we got to get this dub down. And then, like, whoever's around who speak English can make, like, an extra 40 bucks or whatever. Mm -hmm. that, still, that still happens in Japan because they have, um, you know, like, the evening drama and even the morning drama sometimes, and they'll have just, like, anyone that looks not Japanese show up. And, and it, I mean, that's, that's to this day they'll do that on uh, NHK TV. So. <laughs> wow. Because nobody notices except for, you know, me and, you know. Other... Yeah, we make up 1% of the audience, so yeah. what do they care? Also, I'm not watching. I'm just passing well, yeah, by and true. seeing it. So I'm not even part of the audience, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, um, even in, like, the big-budget films, when they try and pretend one of the characters can speak English, they've clearly just memorized the sounds. Like, none of them sound like they can speak English. Even Shin Godzilla, which I think is a really good film, is terrible for that. <laughs> Every time she's supposed to speak English, she sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's a Godzilla movie. It adds to the charm of it all. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but then I watched, I listened to an interview with the woman who was her English coach and was trying to make it sound like she did a really good job. I'm like, oh, she didn't. She really didn't. <laughs> they really had to uh, shoehorn the female actors in here. It's like, what, three scenes of girl time and then Fumiko gets... You know, guys, it's, it's a King Kong, right? So she's got to get stolen. Yeah, King Kong drags around yeah, for a while. Kong, the abduction. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get. You know, I, I guess King Kong's usually for blondes, but yeah, I marry a Japanese lady. I get that. <laughs> you got to think. Anyone who's directing a King Kong film at this point is it like a fetish thing? They got to have like a lady getting all tied up and grabbed by gorillas and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They just they really had trouble getting her into this movie because she had no I mean, your purpose. <laughs> again, they were just like, "Hey, uh, any blondes around? You know, we need to make this movie." And then they're like, "Nope, sorry." It's like, "Okay, well, you know, just get this other actress. She'll do." Yeah, well, she was like 
dating one protagonist and the sister of the other protagonist. So right. like, they tried to make her relevant, but she, yeah, she didn't have any agency or do anything. <laughs> she just worried and screamed. <laughs> and then passed out. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's, I guess that's just the, uh, the cinema politics of the time, unfortunately. So, <laughs> um, okay. Let's, let's, we're talking to a, to, to, you know, let's, let's get to the guys in suits. That's the most important thing. Um, so we've, we've decided King Kong is uh, a little bit janky in this one. Yeah, he is a bit. <laughs> uh, even Godzilla. Godzilla looks great from certain angles. From the front, he looks like the cookie monster. <laughs> <laughs> you know that doesn't bother me. <laughs> it's fun, but yeah, this it's, I can't take this film seriously like I can some of the other Godzillas. But yeah, yeah, I don't think you're meant to. Yeah, I have a cookie monster puppet stash next to the ukulele at work, so... <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that's that's for funny games. I I have. Yeah, you know we had you know we had to skin like twenty seven cookie monsters to make this this blue suit. So, <laughs> we we actually skinned an even thirty just because you know that way there were more cookies for everyone and we just felt better about it. We didn't know if we need a little more fur, but yeah. Well, the screams would have just been so entertaining. <laughs> oh! Yeah, Cookie Monsters. That's how we made the blue blue sarsaparilla suit. <laughs> genuine, <laughs> genuine Muppet fur. I think this is going to be like what three weeks after Muppets from Space. So we're we're on so <laughs> we're on so many angles. <laughs> I wow. I think I've heard someone call this a pretty iconic version of Godzilla. Uh, it's the first time he's in color. We'll do, and right. I think he'd never been depicted as green before this. So sort of, ah, uh, yeah. It did. It did inform his design a lot. Yeah, yeah. it could have been puce before this, for all we knew. Um, and they reused the suit for some scenes in the next one because they made like the Mothra one like a year later. Yeah, yeah. That one I did watch pretty recently. So yeah. Yeah, you know, it's tough to say. You know, there's speculation. There's speculation as far as like the whole like. Uh, national approach to, to it it's just like kong representing america and godzilla representing japan and of course the two nations still kind of maybe not too far after conflict when 1962 rolled around you know so maybe they just make kong look shoddy just you know make godzilla look awesome but then they know? also let kong win the film so that kind of it's a weird one that is true yeah because yeah. i think at this time like Japan had a big old boner for America. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so there's, there's this thing now, when, it's um, the 50th anniversary of like McDonald's coming to um, Japan. And I saw this thing where they had like this big making of for the McDonald's, Japanese McDonald's commercial where they have this guy like, he's green screen, it's back in like 1971. So yeah, yeah, they it is kind of weird how, how these things transpire with the uh, fetishizing of American well, you know, it was funny when uh, when Godzilla 54, when they they actually took the American version and they dubbed it into Japanese and they released it in Japan in 57. And it did really, really well. Everyone wanted to go see the American version of it. Again, the whole fetishizing, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, just to see the American actors in there and that sort of thing, you know. But uh, juxtapose that with uh, Kong versus Godzilla 62. And you got the Japanese version, which is obviously much better. I don't know if we've, we haven't even mentioned that, but yeah, uh, the American version, what they ended up doing was they took uh, basically the creature from the Black Lagoon. You mentioned that earlier. They took the creature soundtrack and they put it 
right into that movie there instead of the original soundtrack, which of course, the if, when you see the Japanese version, you realize that the soundtrack actually goes with the film. It was like made yeah. for it. So, you know, uh, so, so we lost that in the, the American version of Kong versus Godzilla 62. I felt like but, they didn't, uh, but it I, is there in the Japanese dub. I felt like they didn't quite want to give Kong the Godzilla theme, but they didn't have another theme. Well, he, um, <laughs> they had like the island music, which does sound a lot like the 33 one. Oh, yeah, the island music was hip. Yeah. And then, yeah, Godzilla has a Godzilla theme, but then Kong doesn't have like an action theme. I thought it was kind of weird when they're putting him to sleep in Tokyo and they have the music come back, but you're like, well, it's just this guy banging on the one drum. That's no, they all they're playing it through the speakers, weren't they? <laughs> I had given them a transistor radio earlier. Oh, okay. I think they were actually like piping in music from the island was the idea. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. I, I actually thought that the, the only sound that would actually be like in the setting was the drum. But okay. you might be right. They had their fiendish plan ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> The early scenes where Godzilla is just Godzilla-ing, um, it felt like it was still trying to be the original film. Like they had the music, they had a lot of like screaming and mournful shots and stuff. But because the film around it is so silly, it the, the toe did not work <laughs> when they're trying to make you think Godzilla is still this terrifying threat. Well, and you know the 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 first two were pretty you know grainy looking black and white footage mm -hmm. which also fit where yeah it, it does start to look you know silly in the best way possible here but silly yeah <laughs> yeah the, right. uh, the mean, tank stuff yeah. especially <laughs> they're clearly just toys yeah, that's a huge part of it like uh you know when they colorized bonanza and the ponderosa looked thing and everyone was just like i don't believe this anymore i thought this was real no nope, sorry bonanza's not real dude but you know same deal once they colorize these movie monsters, they're like, well, that doesn't look like a real movie monster anymore. Not one like I've seen anyway. Mm. You know, but they did it. You can always work. You can turn the color off on your TV if it really bothers you, I guess. Can't can't do that in the theater, of course. But you sound like all the guys who when um when they brought out the black and white version of Fury Road, just like, well, I can just turn the color off on the Blu-ray I've already got, so why would I buy that? <laughs> they chromed it? They I mean, did, I, no, I know that version exists. I'm just saying, no, no, I was, I was saying that not as a question to you, but this is supposed to be like a statement, like they chromed it. Yeah. I, I used to photography. I, I, I'd shoot like 400, 800 speed film, and I always like push it to 1600 to look like ridiculous. So, you know, I get that. If not for that, I would be one of those guys. So, yeah. But yeah, I think the early Godzilla films get away with the bit because the camera works, just, the cameras are not as high quality. So the effects kind of work. Whereas here, it is clearly just dudes in suits smashing up a model village, but you just have to embrace it. No, I was squealing in glee with the Arctic attack with the fake tanks. I was like, oh, this is this is like, it hit my time machine button where they destroy London and the effects suck, but it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, this is great. This is These are the best effects ever. Well, you can just tell the people making it are having the time of their lives. Yeah. <laughs> just smashing up buildings and melting tanks. <laughs> I mean, how fun would that uh, be? You know, it's what, we, it's what we said when we made the Sarsaparilla Adventures. It doesn't have to look real. It just has to look awesome. <laughs> so, that's what we did, you know? Yeah, that's, that's the what spirit. they were working with. 
So. And that is the charm of a good monster flick. Um, maybe we'll talk, uh, see if we can dovetail us into to the wrestling a little bit. So. Well, they basically are just wrestling. Yeah, that's my point. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, like I was saying, I, I, I used to, to hang out at this, this um, Apes pad to watch an 80s WWF on VHS. And yeah, we had good times. It was already 2003 by that point, but yeah. Um, so, Luke, I know you're a pretty solid wrestling dude. How, how well-versed are you on the 80s? Well, in 2003, I was watching, like, the wrestling that was coming out then. Right. I'm That's sure. like the Attitude Era. That's where it was at. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm aware of the 80s stuff, but I'm not big into those guys. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and Mankind and The Undertaker. Those are my guys. Right. So, like, when I look at the 80s, it's just like, well, he's a racist piece of shit. He's a racist piece of shit. He's a racist piece of shit. <laughs> well, but they're going to get the shit beat album, right? That's the charm of it. I was just, I, I was bummed out. Our, our co-worker is not Matt, but Maddie. And uh, last week I, I mentioned Rowdy Roddy Piper and he didn't know who it was. I'm like, what, what, how, how? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> the, the Jimmy Snuka segment was uh, that Piper's Pit, that very famous segment uh, that happened where Roddy Piper smashes Jimmy Snuka in the head with a coconut. And they, they shot that at a house show one night in Pennsylvania. And they actually didn't even air it for like five or six months after, after they had shot it. But man, they, that sparked some serious grudge matches. I think it was summer of 83, I want to say, uh, that that happened. Snuka and Rowdy Roddy Piper in the WWEF, which is now the WWE, but yeah, uh, it was something. Yeah, WWF, good times. I uh, used to go. Uh, like I said, I came up in the 70s, so I was right there at the end of the 70s. Unfortunately, I was there for the Backland era uh, where he was champion for what seemed like forever. <laughs> and that's where I learned to root for the bad guys. Oh, uh, well, You'd have done very well in the UK then because we always root for the bad guys when they come and see us. Uh, yeah, I, every time they visited the the uk i'd go along for at least one or two shows and so they have in more recent years they have the nxt which is like the up-and-coming division where they train new wrestlers and they do not know how to deal with british crowds because they just expect us to cheer for the good guy and boo the bad guy but we don't <laughs> so, yeah yeah it's no fun <laughs> never any fun cheering for the good guys so yeah absolutely my and own they time. always had the best bad guys, you know, back back then. It was like George the Animal Steel was hanging around and stuff like that. But, yeah, I got to see some pretty good wrestlers. Uh, I actually got to see Andre the Giant live. I saw him from the second row oh, nice. when I was going one time. That was pretty cool. He wrestled Sergeant Slaughter. And, uh, yeah, I got to see the Road Warriors up close and personal. Those guys were awesome. But uh, then uh, when EC, the ECW era came, that sort of changed everything. Uh, the Dudleys came around, and uh, when they were, yeah, when the Dudleys were in ECW, I, I went to a show in 1998, house show in, in Cobb County, and they just about tore that that building down. It was pretty incredible. Yeah, so, but yeah, the, the wrestling matches were fun. We watched the videotapes, Matt and I, back in the day. No, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's the stories. I mean, it's, it's about the stories, isn't it? You know, South Park, oh, yeah. that's, it's the acting, right? So just the, so much fun that way. I mean, again, in this movie, it's, it's, I, I keep thinking of so much of wrestling just cause it's, 
it's got the same vibe, you know? <laughs> so it's a bunch of story and then two big guys in costumes come and duke it out at the end. And maybe the fighting's not that great, but you're so invested, you're having a good time anyway. Exactly. So I'm seeing everything. You know, it's like giant monsters, professional wrestling, Saturday morning cartoons, it all just sort of blends together in the good times. But you mentioned Sergeant Slaughter just now. He went on to be in Godzilla Final Wars, just sitting in a chair and speaking English through the whole film, like he clearly didn't give a shit about being there. Oh, that was. Yeah, he's, okay. he's, he's earned some paychecks for sitting in a chair, I think. <laughs> the man in the chair. There we go. He's got a good tash. He'd pay to get that tash on camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sitting here seeing if I can track down your uh, your wrestling photo. No, nah, it's not. It's too old a podcast. What, what, what was the guy you dressed up as? Oh, Gold Dust. Okay. I, I think I've got that saved on my phone. Okay, let's, <laughs> let's see that. It's it's a it's a pretty magical photo. Yeah, me and my friend, um, we ran a 5K run as Gold Dust and Stardust. Wow. That was pretty good. I know was that. it under Twitter or Messenger? I think it's under Messenger. That's awesome. I can always excise. Yeah, you can always stick that up later. But yeah, that was good fun. And, um, yeah, the, the Rhodes family legacy, man. Yeah, good stuff. I've seen um, Cody Rhodes under like five different banners under five different names. So, so he's on TV now in the states. So yeah, he's on that AEW, right? Yeah, absolutely. Got a new league, and uh, yeah, he's on television. So good for him. It looks like he's sort of running things around there. Yeah, I saw him. I've seen him as uh, in the WWE. I've seen him in like just a random college show in the UK. And I've seen him in the New Japan wrestling as, yeah. the, as Cody Rhodes, as the American Nightmare, all different characters. Yeah, I saw him. Uh, I saw him as Cody Rhodes, the Lone Star, in uh, in, in Gwinnett at, at like a high school auditorium one night. That was a good good night of wrestling. We were rooting for the bad guys there. And a <laughs> bunch of people looked like they wanted to meet us in the parking lot afterwards. They didn't want any part of it. So, yeah, it was a great great guy wrestling uh yeah uh silky boom boom i remember him yeah he was he was ranked like 423 on the pwi top 500 wrestlers that year <laughs> and uh maybe 360 something anyway he uh he used the bionic elbow and he had his head shaved and uh it was great every time he got taken down he'd yell at the ref he's pulling my hair ref he's pulling my hair we were just cheering <laughs> him on and just people hated us it was the best <laughs> In the UK, it goes all the way around to when, like, John Cena comes out. There's only three of you in the crowd cheering him. <laughs> so yeah. I can be that guy by cheering the one you're meant to cheer. And over the past few years, so, like, by so now. like there, was a kid, there was a kid wrestling that night at Gwinnett, and we, I got with a buddy of mine, and we had taken his buddy's little boy or whatever, and this kid was probably, like, 12 or 13, you know? We take, took the kid to the wrestling matches, and there was this kid who, like, was wrestling in the match and he was like, you know, the, he, he was the, the face and he like, you know, fought and like won his match and everything, you know, overcame the adversity and everything. It was awesome. And afterwards people were sort of waiting around like afterwards for the wrestlers to come out and uh, maybe get an autograph or say hi or whatnot, you know? Mm -hmm. So wrestlers start coming out and we're staying in the parking lot and the wrestler who uh, he was actually that night, he was big Ron Stud. But he went on, you knew him as Reese, if you okay. remember Reese. Yeah, he became Reese in the WWE, but that night he was big Ron Stubb. Big he Ron came Stubb. up to us and he said, who are you waiting for? And the kid told him the wrestler's name he was waiting for. I shouldn't even say it. 
And he said, wow, you know, he's gay. <laughs> yeah, really, you can ask him about it. And we just sort of like stood there silent and we were just like, whoa, he walked off. Anyway, good times at the wrestling matches in Gwinnett <laughs> yeah. back in like 1990. My favorite memory of a kid, we were watching some amateur wrestling in the UK. I'm sorry, that was 2000, not 1990. Okay. There we go. This rat, this um, there's this one guy I guess is like the really popular one, um. So everyone's cheering him, but this one kid in front of us was a big fan of the other guy, so he's screaming Mason, Mason, and then the famous guy turns around. The kid just looks him dead in the eye and just screams the other guy's name, Mason. <laughs> and he looked so dejected that the one kid he decided to make eye contact with cheered the other guy. <laughs> it wow. was great. That's awesome. We went out one night. And uh, this is uh, a little later on where we actually are like now adults and we're now friends with people who are pro wrestlers. Okay. And we know this one wrestler and she's actually wrestling for the title in the WWE on oh, the nice. pay-per-view. And she's a bad guy. And we go out to, uh, we go out to, to the bar to watch it where they're having the pay-per-view. And uh, she ends up knocking out the champ with the belt while the ref turns the blind eye and like pins her and like wins the Classic. title. And everyone's like, boo. And we just, our whole table's like, yeah! Like, we're all, like, cheering. The whole, like, bar is silent. Like, everyone's looking at us. We're just like, okay. <laughs> <That'd be> the- <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to meet the whole bar in the parking lot, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. That's pretty fun. Rooting for the bad guys. It's awesome. So, Can you say like who- the monster movies, because they're all bad guys, too, you know? You guys about yeah. to say, who, who, are, who, who are we rooting for? Uh, Sass, I, I, I gotta assume you're rooting for king kong but i'm not i'm not sure yeah no i'm always rooting for king kong yeah yeah i would imagine so uh luke i don't know what your answer is this one i go back and forth because i do love godzilla and king kong um sometimes i feel like godzilla's a bit overplayed so i like king kong because he's a little more they don't bring him out quite as often but then i do really like dinosaurs so you know (laughs) (laughs) in this one though you're definitely rooting for king kong oh yeah 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 i i I guess that's how they're playing it I mean, again because king kong had already he's kind of a goodie in the 30s one whereas at this point godzilla had never been anything but a menace right and even <clears throat> the next couple films like the next one after this is godzilla versus mothra he's still purely a bad guy in that and then it's not until the one after that where they bring in Ghidorah that yeah. he starts to be like an anti-hero i guess you know he's bad news but at least he'll kill this other monster sort of thing i guess godzilla needed to have a child to kind of chill him out a bit yeah but even that's still for a little while on. Yeah, yeah, it's about sixty-seven, I guess, where you get to that. And don't forget about Rodan. So that was that was a big one too. What was that fifty-seven? Is that when Rodan came out or fifty-eight? Yeah, but, yeah. But he uh, comes out his you own. Know, I was always a big giant pterodactyl fan. He's kind of high up on my list there. You know, it might even be like Kong, Rodan, Godzilla. For okay. Me. But that's only because like. I, I was big on the Flintstones growing up and the giant pterodactyls that they turned into airplanes on the Flintstones. I was always truly fascinated by that. So okay. I decided to uh, become a big Rodan fan as a result. I've always been so, uh, had a soft spot for, for Gamera because he, he's the monster that protects the children, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And um, also he's on a different film company, so they don't let him play with the other monsters. Yeah, other yeah I didn't notice the monsters that. he fights. He does, but I'm he's just saying... Special. It'd be nice to get Gamera in with the Toho just for a... I'm, I'm surprised they haven't done a crossover yet because Japanese companies are a lot more willing to do that. True. <laughs> I want to say there was talk a few years back. Maybe before the, the it fell through. 
Yeah, I don't know many of the details, but I heard that. Yeah, they were they were talking about it for a minute there. Maybe uh, after maybe these Warner Brothers ones finished, I'll give it another go. Yeah, because Gamma is still cooking in the pot, right? Those '90s films are like the best ones. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean that's arguable, of course, but <laughs> you know it well. Well, now that Toho has their has all their licenses back, as I understand it, they're planning a big deal. So they're talking about maybe two movies a year or something like that. They want to have a Marvel style universe. Yeah, there was a there was a contract thing up until 2020. They couldn't bring out a live action Godzilla movie the same year Legendary did, but then they had like Godzilla Kong, Godzilla vs. Um, Godzilla. King of the Monsters, Godzilla vs. Kong. So there just was no year Toho could play in. But now Toho, yeah, they can do what they want. So I think they're going to start pumping up them beasties. Yeah, I'm way more excited about a Toho one than... I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to see Godzilla vs. Kong next week. That'll be fun. But I'm just like... that. I don't have the excitement for that that I think I'd have on a, a, to, a new Toho one, you know? Yeah, I go, I go both ways. Okay. If, if I didn't know that Toho ones were still going to happen, if I thought like, oh, this is replacing them, I might be bummed out. But I like that being both. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, it can be both. I'm just like I feel like that. Would, yeah, you gotta gotta have these, some of these monsters stomp in their home ground sometimes. I think. Yeah. To to really make things uh, light up on fire. Um. Uh, I lost my point there, but <laughs> <laughs> you got a big point now. Well, I think this film is kind of a big deal in Japanese culture for like cementing Kong as a thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure the 30s one had were popular over here, but like this is when he became like a big household name. And that's when the word Kong entered Japanese, like lexicon is just a word for gorilla. Yeah. And then like, you know, 20 years later, as a little Japanese game developer, what's he going to call his game about a gorilla? Donkey Kong. <laughs> you go from there, you got Mario, Super Mario, basically my whole life <laughs> trace itself back to this film. I guess the war sort of got in the way of that. Maybe Kong you know, got some traction in the 30s, but you know, you have a world war and you're not paying attention to other folks' culture for a few well, years. Well, they were deliberately like <laughs> yeah. covering up all American culture for a little while there. Right, right. So, And then, yeah, by the end of the war, I, guess, I think Kong did have like a big re-release in the 50s. Mm -hmm. So maybe that was why he was popular enough they wanted to make this film. Because, mm. yeah, I bet... Yeah, like, it was real, real feather the in their cap, for sure. By the 1950s, Kong probably still looked amazing. Because there were there were new creature features being made during the war. So yeah, Kong like holds up today. No, I, I think the when did they colorize it? Uh, probably Turner in the 80s or something. But okay. uh, um, uh, yeah, it was probably right. Thir yeah, 33 Kong for me is a pretty perfect movie. It, the mm. pacing's good. You know, the effects are as good as they need to be, and they, when they look fake, they're still awesome. I mean, you know, the effects in, in this one are obvious, you know, on that level. In a, in a way, 33 Kong does look better than this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe the black and white helps in that case. Yeah, black and white and a little fuzzier. Incidentally, totally throw this off a little bit, but have you all seen 33 Most Dangerous Game? I think so, I've seen it, but like 20 years ago. <laughs> you know that they shot the Most Dangerous Game with the exact same cast of King Kong while they were filming King Kong on huh. the same sets as King Kong. At the same time. Wow, I don't yeah. even think I caught on to that. It's amazing. Yeah, so the <laughs> next time you see The Most Dangerous Game, the 1933 version, take a look at that, and you'll notice all the actors, you'll notice all the sets, and once once you know that that's, like, done at the same time, it's, it's an amazing, yeah, it was an amazing feat, but 
they actually made two movies at that same time or right around the same time probably not at the exact same time but you know they were using the same set same actors yeah and they made that movie same year well might have been because about this, a few years earlier they did the you know dracula where they would do the do it during the day and at night they bring in the the mexican or the spanish i, I guess they were mexican in this case actors to do the the spanish language version which a lot of people consider to be the better one, <laughs> even though it doesn't have uh, Bela Lugosi in it. And it's like, it just, it's more, it's more atmosphere kind of. So. <laughs> and, well, and then with King Kong, they went and filmed Son of Kong that same year. Yeah. That tripped us out. out. In theaters. <laughs> yeah. That, because we right. did Son of Kong on this podcast and it was like, this is weird for the thirties. Like you don't see like direct sequels like this in such vintage film usually. Apart from the Universal Monsters. Right, right, right. But it, it just, it was, yeah, it was kind of, even those don't seem quite as connected as the Kongs did, though. Mm. I mean, that was just like the next day. Let's continue the story. I guess it was a few weeks later, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it starts. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, well picking up the opening scene with the last scene of the original movie is, mm -hmm. you know, it's a good way to go. So, didn't they open it like with the very final scene or whatever? Yeah, because then, then he's getting sued for King Kong for the start of the. Son of Kong. Yeah, I think they started right there, but then it's kind of like a few weeks later or six months later. Yeah, or yeah, something, exactly. But... It's like six weeks later or something like that. Yeah. It was beauty. What killed the beast? And then <laughs> it was like six <laughs> then six weeks later. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, you're right. Took down the beast. <laughs> newspaper headlines flashing up. <laughs> yeah, great, great movies. But yeah, Kong, top of my list. <laughs> I don't think there's been a bad King Kong movie. Whereas you could probably find me a bad Godzilla movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I 80, 85 Kong. I mean, I, I know that can be enjoyable, but it is a question. 85? Oh, you mean like King Kong Lives? Yeah. Yeah. That 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 would be the roughest one, I think. Yeah, it's got Linda Hamilton in it. I was about, well, like about to say, it has Linda Hamilton, so that sort of helps. But <laughs> <laughs> Also, it's just so weird that it exists. Yeah, we get one of those, right? It's, yeah. it's more like it's so weird, right? It's, I mean, yeah. it is bad, but the fact that it's so weird. I yeah. mean, come on, when you watch monster movies, being good and bad is not really the quantifier here. It's like, <laughs> how weird and how fun is it? Right. <laughs> yeah. That's not the way they would have done it in real life. Yeah. <laughs> a real, a giant monster. That no, but that, with Godzilla, there was the, the animated Netflix features a few years back. They're legit bad because they're just really fucking boring. Wow. You get like four minutes of Godzilla per movie. <laughs> and then the characters are not interesting. The plots are not like exciting. It's just like, shut up. <laughs> so yeah, you can get bad monster movies. Now I'm just, I'm looking around your place. I see lots of monsters. I see lots, I see some Godzillas. There is no Kong. I'm just um, I've got the three Godzillas that I've seen in theaters here. Okay. Um, I haven't seen a Kong in a theater. Here. Oh. But also, I don't really want a figure of a Kong because it would just be a figure of a gorilla. Right? <laughs> yeah, well, but looking... maybe when I see the new one, I might get a Kong to put with those guys. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I, I was thinking it would be like, um, you know, King Kong out of context is, it really is just a gorilla. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Godzilla always looks kind of freakish. I mean, he's, yeah. he's kind of a dinosaur, but he's got those wild, you know, wild crap on his back all the time. So, <laughs> yeah. I guess what what are the definitive iterations of of these for for you folks? What what's the def I, I are we all on the page that thirty three King Kong's probably the definitive one there? Yeah, I oh, I do have a lot of love for Peter Jackson's one, but it it the whole film is just one big homage to the thirty three one. So 
Right. I can't really say it's the best one. Yeah, you can't have one without the other. So the best Godzilla is definitely a, a, a point of contention, I guess you can get into with people. Um, so I think the best Godzilla is either 1954 or Shin Godzilla. Yeah. Hey, those those exactly are like, they are films, right? I might, I might, I think. I might have put said Shin Godzilla in 1954, but yeah, I was going to say Shin Godzilla way up there. That's the best. But my favorite is like mid 2000s Final Wars, Godzilla <laughs> versus Destroyer, when they just had big old sets, big old costumes, loads of carnage. They didn't even care about a plot. <laughs> like Godzilla Destroyer, where he's like hanging out. He's getting orange. He's starting to glow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Farts. Then he like farts <laughs> and like levels Hong Kong. You know? That's you such know? a great scene. It's like, what just happened? Godzilla just farted and leveled Hong Kong. Because <laughs> he's, you know, he's got a little, di- a little digestive problem, you know? And he's got a little indigestion. That's why he's glowing orange. If, yeah. If you looked at my notes for this one, I, there were several parts where I was like, I, w- I want to put a fart into this scene. There were, there were a few <laughs> fart moments in this movie. <laughs> my favorite scene in this film is a bit where King Kong does like, he throws a rock at Godzilla, but he does like a somersault. I know, like what they do in a throwing in the soccer sometimes. Then rolls and knocks himself out on a rock. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where the wrestling moves come in. That's why, that's why we talked about wrestling for 10 minutes. That's why King Kong looks drunk the whole time. I think he was. <laughs> He's like... I'm always thinking, just like the wrestlers, I'm going to do the somersault and bang my head on a rock. <laughs> it's it's. Really... Oh God, my God, I don't believe it. That's Godzilla's music. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I was actually getting at, though, was, wasn't so much the movie itself as the actual Godzilla design, which, I, again, oh, Shannon, okay. the original are up there, but I'm like, what? No, yeah, the, the peak Godzilla is like, <laughs> Late nineties, early two thousands. That, that's your peak. Okay. Yeah, like real monster, like sharp teeth, dinosaur face, big old spines. Yeah, that's where yeah. I'm at. <laughs> that whole series of movies was was really really entertaining. So, especially the uh, King Ghidra movie. Is that the one where they're constantly they going back about? and forth in time and shit? Oh yeah, yeah the yeah. evil Caucasians come from the future and then they <laughs> convince him that you know. To, that they're going to save Japan from Godzilla by not having Godzilla start in the first place. And then they get back to the present day and Godzilla's not there, but Ghidra is because the evil Caucasians did it, you know? And then they have to go back to the past. And anyway, yeah, it was all the whole time travel thing was awesome. And it seemed like it took five hours. Like it seemed like it took forever, but it was the coolest thing because it was a giant monster movie. So I didn't care that it was like a really long, drawn out process we have to ferret out now hold on a second the white guys are the bad guys <laughs> it's going to take a while to figure this out but eventually you did but yeah that was like that's one of my favorites right there is that that second godzilla king Ghidra. was that 98 or 99 i want to something say? around but, there yeah but yeah that was a good one i guess that, that they eventually that... topped out destroyer and then they killed him it was like the yep. that was the biggest thing since they killed Superman. He <laughs> killed Godzilla. He just explodes. Don't worry, don't worry about it. They'll make more. <laughs> I think even within that film, it's like, oh, but don't worry, his son's grown up now, so there's still a Godzilla. Right. Yeah, exactly. Godzilla. And he's as big as the original Godzilla was, you know? 54, 57. Godzilla raids again. 
But yeah, the definitive like King Kong visually, it probably is just thirty three. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. The, the, like, le- the lecherous face. That's, yeah, that's, the, that's the suit my... ones are okay, but they're a bit too, like, humanoid. <clears throat> and then Peter Jackson was too much like a normal gorilla. Like, yeah. he was basically quadrupedal for most of that film. Yeah, I was noticing that, like, King Kong never moves like a gorilla in this one. No. <laughs> well, I, he moves I do, drunk again. He's doing, like, a pimp walk. <laughs> I do really like the current King Kong, because he's somewhere between a, a gorilla and a man. Mm. But I think that is just what 33 was doing in the first place. Right. Let's just come back to that. Yeah, again, that crazy psycho smile scene from 33 or whatever, you know? Yeah. Sort of like Lowering it through the window. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Um, what, what, is this, um, what is the species for Godzilla? Is the species Godzilla? No, it's Godzillasaurus. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's legit? Yeah, okay. it's Godzillasaurus that was reawakened by a nuclear bomb. Okay. So the son is just a legit. I mean, he, if he's the same size, he's just as legit a Godzilla as yeah. anyone else. Okay, so it doesn't really matter when Godzilla explodes. Mm-hmm. The other ones, well, uh, even in in this film, because Godzilla does die in the nineteen fifty four one, and then in nineteen fifty five or six, whatever it was, the one with Angoros, that is another Godzilla. Ah, okay. I actually haven't seen the second one. I, 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 uh, Godzilla raids again. Yeah, it's all right. It. Um, <laughs> Even though it's only the second film, already the tone is very different. <laughs> I guess that's why I kind of avoided it because of like uh, the original one is just the top flight film, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And then otherwise, I want to see like wacky Toho colors. So the second one just kind of like goes. Yeah, down it's not really either. Yeah, <laughs> it's got a really dumb dub though, so that's fun to watch. Um, <laughs> like they they're doing real racist Japanese accents in the dub for that one. <laughs> So I, I wanted to just, you know, turn the dial a little bit towards towards gaming. Can we, now, you like the King Kong DS game. I did enjoy the King Kong DS game. Yeah, yeah which no one else did. No, it got like 33% in magazines. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the version that came out on like GameCube and Xbox is considered pretty good, just short. And I've got a copy back home that I've still never played. But the shitty DS one, I absolutely adored. Okay. <laughs> but but would Donkey Kong be the definitive King Kong game? Basically, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's true. I mean, you can't really call Rampage a King Kong game. But obviously, Rampage, as a coin-op arcade game, was a great giant monster game. We could be the giant lizard or the giant wolf or the giant ape. Yeah. And you start in, like, Elgin, El- Elgin, Illinois, and you go to Peoria, and eventually you get to Chicago, and eventually you get to New York. Yeah, get to the bigger cities. It's Remember that when you smash buildings, eat people? <laughs> That's Good a game time. that I definitely could never enjoy on a home system. That one had to be in the arcade where you're just like a monster ripping things apart with a complete stranger who's also a monster. There was, right. there was a thing. Yeah, that... I mean, it was very cool. And it was nice having the three-player game uh, <clears throat> in the arcade. That was very cool. But, I mean, we did name it. Uh, you know, eventually, like we have those Mame machines, we 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 modded our Xboxes and put put Mame on that, and 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 we ended up playing it a bunch there at some point. Yeah, the original Xbox was a gold mine for just modding it and chucking on all the classic games. Yeah, I still have those. Are good times. Yeah, 
Yeah, something about just being a uh, it's in rampage. I'm specifically putting my mind in like the the Gwinnett Mall, right? <laughs> just like that was the place to play rampage <laughs> for me, at least. Every time rampage comes up, I remember that they made a film, and I haven't seen. I know how insane to, that is. Yeah, I know. We like, need to get to that. <laughs> it's a giant monster movie starring The Rock. Why haven't I seen that? <laughs> We'll get to that soon. Like it's because I missed it in the theaters, and now I'm like, well, I'm not going to watch it till we watch it for the podcast. Now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. So, so that that was a relatively easy one. I, I should also throw out the um, along with Rampage. I remember in the in the coin arcade, you know, of the Simpsons and uh, X Men ones being. Oh yeah, for yeah, that yeah. too. Of they course, and Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. Oh, Captain America and the Avengers. Yeah, there are so many of those nice little, uh, you know, um multiplayer games where you just get into it with strangers basically yeah, yeah like gauntlet was the classic right that's the one gauntlet, gauntlet. yeah yeah, yeah I, I, I'm, I'm going a little later on my vintage because I, I remember like seeing gauntlet and, like the putt putt and playing it a bit but being you know six or seven years old and, and not quite being you know, like wrap my head around it yeah <laughs> it was a tough I, game i was never alive at a time where there was just like big arcades full of good games so I would like go to a seaside resort or something and there would be like two machines. <laughs> and maybe you'd have one of like Simpsons or Turtles or, and then you just had loads of dance machines and gun machines, and cars, which are fine, but not the same. No, Atlanta used to have just like fantastic mall arcades. Yeah. But yeah, that was all gone by the time the nineties rolled around. Right. Right. <laughs> um, so got definitive Godzilla game. That That's a tougher cookie. Yeah. There were some decent Godzilla games in like the, like GameCube era. They're not good, <laughs> but they're really fun because you just have a shitload of monsters. You stomp around, you smash stuff up. Me and my brother used to play those to death. Um, whenever someone has asked you, like, oh, what's your dream game? So my dream game is a Godzilla game, right? Well, every level you start the level playing as a dude and you're just fighting like small monsters and the big ones smashing up the city and you need to get to, you know, the horn or whatever that you blow to cool Godzilla. Then you play as Godzilla and kill the big monster. Because then you get the scale. You can see like, shit, that thing's really big. But then you get to be Godzilla and fuck it up. So you want to put the human element like into the game. Well, a, a monster movie is good when it shows it from a human perspective, mm. right? Whereas a lot of the games, it's just a top-down kind of view. <clears throat> and so it looks like men in suits smashing up cardboard buildings. There's no sense of scale. Yeah. See, I don't think I've done Godzilla games. So I'm thinking I, the time I would have gotten it out and... I guess it wasn't technically a very good game either. It was the uh, Xbox Incredible Hawk game? Oh, that yeah, no, that's well regarded. Oh, is it okay? Ultimate Destruction. Yeah, I just yeah, remember yeah, you're yeah. in the desert town and you just go around like yeah, you ripping just everything smash apart. Everything. Yeah, right? I love yeah, that. Yeah, that that yeah, for yeah. me, I mean, that's obviously different, but that was the closest mm -hmm. I've gotten. And around that time, there was <laughs> was it called like Destroy All Monsters or no War of the Monsters, which had its like kind of Godzilla kind of calm. Was that the Neo Geo one? No, no, no. This was like Xbox. Oh, Xbox. Okay. But it looked, they had their version of Godzilla, Kong and Rodan, basically. Okay. It was like Konga and whatever. But that one was pretty well regarded. Okay. Neo Geo was um, King of the Monsters, I think. Possibly. Yeah. I love that game. There, there was like a Super Nintendo monster fighting game, which never made it out of Japan. So now that I'm here, I keep wanting to try and find a copy. <laughs> Just basically Street Fighter with Godzilla monsters, but that sounds great to me. That's cool. Whoa, uh, Sash, you want to be you want to be Godzilla in a video game? Where where are you going to go? Oh man, uh, I, I don't know. El Elgin, Illinois, for starters. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. 
Uh, I mean, it worked for Rampage, right? So, uh, maybe yeah. not. But yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'd always choose I mean, Kong. I don't know if I want to be Godzilla in a video game, man. I want to be, you know, giant, giant ape in a video game, you know. <laughs> so that's more, more, more my style. Well, maybe because I don't think Godzilla's ever meant to be 100% the protagonist, right? I think, I think he's best when he's, yeah, he's like this force of nature. Um, so maybe the best Godzilla game is something like Monster Hunter, where you're not actually, you can't play as the monsters, you just have to deal with them. <laughs> he's just misunderstood, you know? Yeah. That's the thing. We usually use a metaphor, man, for like man's relationship with nature. So there we go. <laughs> Um, but yeah, back to the Maori players, one of the, the other things with the, the wrestling I, I mentioned when we were talking online is, um, and I'm not sure if Luke knows this game so well, is uh, Warlords. I still count that as like just the best, you know, multi-person game experience you can have. Yeah, so, Warlords, so Warlords basically is like a four-player battle pong where you each have okay. like uh, a castle and a corner and you've got a shield in front of it that you're using a pad paddle control that you get to turn. And basically, you catch the fireball and you shoot it at the other three castles. So it's a four-player game. Uh, Atari did it early. They had an arc. They had four-player arcade tabletop version that was really awesome. And then see, they had a two-player upright version. See, I remember that, and I that was also the putt putt, right? And for years, I just mix up uh, Gauntlet and Rampart, and I was like, "What was this game that was totally awesome?" And and that was where I got the the you know cleared in when when you had the 2600 with that and that's just oh man such a or, yeah it looks pretty funky I, you weren't aware were, were we, we were playing 2600 there it wasn't an actual machine. yeah we actually had a 2600 with non-jittery paddle controllers and we like we're playing four-player warlords at the rehearsal space where the punk bands used to rehearse because you know i rented a space i rented a space next door and eventually i uh, rented a space with with our old friends Diesel Cockwrench and the Pornographs that eventually became Reverend God and the Jesus Squad. So, but that was back in those days. We were hanging out at that rehearsal space. We had an Atari 2600 in there. We had a tabletop uh, space duel, actual arcade machine in there for a little while. I that knew was, there was some machine there. I just couldn't remember which yeah. one it was. <laughs> and that was a lot of fun because we used to go to the arcade. They used to have these arcade auctions in Atlanta. They'd come and sell you arcade machines at the auction. And what would happen is between 7 a.m. and 10 a.m., they would have a preview period. So we wouldn't even care about buying a game. We would just go down for the three-hour preview period, put some quarters in our pockets in case some of them weren't on free play. Most of them were. And then, like, we just go and test out all the machines. It was great, you know? That sounds uh, pretty good. Usually we'd buy one. So we had some good times there. One time we had a buddy. Uh, this machine wouldn't, wouldn't start up. It was Space Fury. It was one of the original. It was a early vector graphics game it was the first arcade machine to use vector uh to to use voice synthesis actually space fury it was called yeah and they put it on the block and it wouldn't power up and he's like 100 bucks nothing he's like 75 bucks he's like nothing 50 bucks no he's like who's my five dollar guy how about you and he pointed at my buddy and he's like sure five bucks like five bucks <laughs> going once going twice sold five dollars after the buyer's premium dude paid six dollars and 35 cents <laughs> took it home, plugged it in, powered it up, and after three minutes, it came right up. <laughs> like a normal game, no problem. So yeah, we had good times at the arcade auctions, uh, and occasionally we would see a Warlords there. But that was a great game, Warlords, four-player battle pong, where you get to you have a button 
So you get to catch it, catch the ball, and then you hold it, and then you spin around and shoot it at the other guys. That was the big charm. You hold the ball and you shit talk everyone else for like a whole minute, and then <laughs> and then let it rip, and then you lose. <laughs> Yeah, and the 2600 had these cheesy, like, crazy trick shots that only, like, one or two of the castles had, and then the other, you, you were, like, defenseless against it. So that was on the 2600 version, not the arcade version. But they recently did a new Atari. They crowdsourced it. They wanted to get, like, uh, I want to say they wanted to get, like, 1.6 million or 1.3 million or something like that. In the first 24 hours, they did like three and a half million dollars in crowdsource. Oh, nice. And it took a long time. They started in like 2018, I want to say even, maybe 2019. But because of the pandemic, it took a long time and just came out. I actually received mine on January 6th, oddly. (laughs) That was a good thing that happened to me on January 6th. I got to play Atari. So there was that. But yeah. You got the brand new Atari. I, I ended up being one of the suckers who crowdsourced it. And it's a lot of fun. So they have new joystick controls that you actually swivel the stick so that's your paddle controller uh, and your joystick. And they got a bunch of classic arcade games too, like Lunar Lander and stuff like that too. So nice. Look how good times. How far back yeah. does your gaming go? Because I, I know you you're straight up on the Famcom and the uh, It does uh, go back, but not to the same stuff you would know because I'm British. Oh, so right. it's ZX Spectrum and Commodore 64. Okay, we had Commodore 64s right Yeah, so that um, like the Atari era and even the Famicom really didn't do that well in the UK. It was more home computer stuff. So my dad had a ZX Spectrum and I played a bunch of games on that. You like loading it up on tape and stuff. And he had like a side hustle when he was in school where we'd copy the tapes. That was like, that was how he made his like his change on the side. And he even programmed a couple. He programmed some like um, just like slot machines and stuff. Yeah, the Spectrum with their tape drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so, yeah, yeah I, did, did you have a 400 or an 800? I understand you may have had an Atari computer in your past, or am I wrong? I had a Atari 800 XL. So you, you'd have cartridges, but they were, I mean, they, they had some good ones, but they weren't quite as iconic, I guess, as the 2600 or something like that. The, the one thing is you get, a, I think it was a Antics magazine or something, and, and you'd you type out the games, you type the program, save it to a, one of those giant floppy disks. So you didn't, you know, you bought the magazine and then you'd have like 20 games, although they mostly sucked. Well, yeah, in the UK, you would just get a tape attached to the front of the magazine. So you get, there were loads of games which were really popular because they were just on the front of a magazine. You know, a lot of them were probably crap. But, but I mean, you know, they're like, hey, video gaming is bad for your mind. But because at first, you know, my dad would type in the programs, but I got to the point where I want to do it. I'm still probably like six years old or something. So, you know, it, and when it works and you didn't screw up, that, that's a that's an accomplishment when you're I'm, six. I'm pretty sure games did my mind a lot more good than harm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all bollocks. The, 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 <laughs> yeah, no, the only time I'm really like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be gaming is like if I'm going to sleep and I'm just doing this repetitive motion in my mind, right. I realize, oh, that's See, I'm at game. the point now where it's like, I, my addiction is like to shit, stupid shit like social media. And it's like, no, let's do something useful with my time. Like play a video game. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, like play some Atari Outlaw or something. You know? <laughs> no, but, yeah. I'll go ahead, Matt. We did, we did a couple. We, we were experimenting with those things on the Switch a few months ago and just trying to find the most bizarre games possible. Yeah, they, that boat racing one was pretty good. <laughs> It's like three different games in one. Yeah, yeah. None of them were made any sense. <laughs> but uh, 
that was cool and um oh yeah there was what that soccer one that looked like it oh it looked trump. exactly like trump on the box it yeah like trump was playing <laughs> soccer that was pretty weird so you know it's always always good times to be had um and what was the fighting one there was a really we played some river city ransom didn't we Oh, oh, yeah, because then our coworker didn't actually know. He had only played, like, the pornographic hack of it. He, oh, thought, yeah. <laughs> he thought that was the real game. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what was the name? It's good, it's good, like, River City Hose or something. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh, what? That's, that, it wasn't a game about prostitutes? <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of blew his mind on that one. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that Atari 800, it was like, they came out with, like, the real, legit home version of Pac-Man. Because remember the Atari, like, the original Atari version of Pac-Man was like, this isn't Pac-Man, what the fuck is this, you know? <laughs> and then it was like, when when they, when they came out with the 800 and the 400, they came out with the version. I don't know if you had that or not for your like, cartridge. Yeah, we ha I had that cartridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it was, like, legit, you know? They also had a, one of the big travesties was they did Caverns of Mars for the computer. Never did Caverns of Mars for the home <laughs> systems. I was like, what? Where's my Caverns of Mars, dog? You know, like, come on, man. What's going on? But nope, nothing like that. The, the games I got now on the new Atari, I play it all the time. <laughs> the ones on the Caverns of Mars? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of um, Rescue and Fractalus when we say, again, it's 800XL. Uh, I remember Rescue and Fractalus, which is kind of like uh, vector pixels and, and you're landing and picking up astronauts, like saving them a from the planet. Defender type thing? No, yeah. no, no. Very different from Defender. It's like Choplifter? It's like a, no, no, it's it's, it's a cockpit view. Okay. So it's like oh, vector, yeah. vectors. It was Lucasfilm games. And, uh, and you'd land and there was little clues you'd have to pick up on because the aliens on that planet could impersonate the astronauts oh i think i have heard of this and, yeah. and i would like just shit myself because when you got the alien by accident it would just like like jump scare flash you in your cockpit <laughs> and, wow. and and it was a joke with my dad always like because we couldn't find it and um as we were, so even now it's like oh, did you find fractalus but I, I now i'm thinking maybe he actually just like you know threw it away on purpose because i kept crapping myself yeah possibly <laughs> Uh, my parents threatened to throw away all my UFO books because they kept keeping me up at night. Yeah, uh, the, <laughs> the other 800XL ones that really lit my fancy were a Bob Laser, another Lucasfilm ones, <laughs> Bob Laser. <laughs> but it's if you're in these like little pods and it's basically like soccer, but the goals keep moving from side to side, and um, wow. your your focus always adjusts towards the ball. But in it, it, it's you know that's it's one of those like Rocket League. Yeah, I'd play it now, and it had like one of the best video game theme songs. So for anyone listening, just look up your know, Ball Blazer theme because that man talk about an awesome like kind of chip tune tune. Uh, and sorry, I got two more. When Jungle Hunt came with the 800XL, so nice. I that. <laughs> As I was say, I played it. I was like, oh, because it came with the system. That's why. And the other one I love. I smell your Jungle Hunt. Yeah, it's space. It, it was another from the cockpit view space something. Star Raiders? Yes, Star Raiders, man. That that yeah. you know, um, there's the game on the uh, yeah. iOS now. FTL sort of scratches my itch for that, but yeah, back in the day, that that I love that game. Is that we had to go blow up five bases, five of the enemy bases? Yeah, yeah, they look like little glowing Death Stars or whatever. So. Yeah, absolutely. I remember Star. Yeah, Star Raiders. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, good because I haven't. So quite been much better on the 800 than on the home system. 
Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking of Space Raiders, which is a type of crisp we have in the UK. How they're little. They're like little, you know, Monster Munch, like corn snacks, but they're little like the heads of little greys. <laughs> they're really good, and they're also dirt cheap. All right. They actually came out with a brand new controller for the 2600 for Star Raiders because they had to have that keypad. It was different than the regular keypad controller. So well, I was playing, that. Yeah, I was playing on the XL, so I had an actual, you know, you have a joystick. Yeah, exactly. Keyboard, yes, so. you had the keyboard on the XL. So, yeah, they had to they had to mimic that when they came out the 2600 version. So they came out the little, uh, it's basically a little keyboard controller, but it's not like the keypad, the other ones that they had. I guess add a few more buttons. A little fancier, but yeah, you had to. You were gonna pay for that one in nineteen eighty-two. ET's gonna pay for that one. <laughs> ET's paying for that one. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, that, how, that's the game. That's the game they should have buried in the desert, man. Was the Atari twenty-six hundred version of Star Raiders, <laughs> not ET. Yeah, I remember ET actually being like uh, weirdly. No, what is is our, our sometimes guest here and, and our mutual friend Mark. I just remember watching him on multiple occasions, like tear ass through the ET game because for some reason he learned to master that game. <laughs> well, that's it's the ET was terrible and ruined games thing is really overblown. Yeah, like it's fine. It's next, just they overproduced it and didn't sell them. Next time we get Mark on, I'll make him share the screen. And you well, let's get Mark on for the ET episode. Yeah. We just talk about the game for most of it. <laughs> there we go. We've got to do ET eventually. I'd bang up for that. <laughs> but yeah, that's always a fun one. Let's do um, it as a live episode and we'll stream the ET game. <laughs> <laughs> It'll take two minutes. He might be, he might be the only person alive well. who's... You may be the only person alive who's won the Atari 2600 ET game and the Atari 2600 Raiders of the Lost Ark game. I don't think anyone's ever won them both. <laughs> the triple crown. Sorry, that's a double crown, I guess. Yeah. Hey, give yeah. him another game. There's, I'm sure he's good at another one on that system. So Funny if he's not. <laughs> he's just good at those two. He's <laughs> good at war. No, I'm kidding. I don't know anything about his I don't know anything about his Raiders of the Lost Ark prowess. I really don't. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I think I think I've seen him run through that one. Yeah, but uh, ET, I'm like, this it's surreal to watch him do that. So, <laughs> yeah, it's incredible to watch someone win that game. So, it really um, is. We we've been on the wild tangents, which which were pre-planned for anyone that cares. Uh, we absolutely wanted to get into wrestling and gaming, but um, back to the movie for a bit. Um, I guess it holds up because they made a new one. It holds up in like like a lot of these kind of films where it's it never held up but if you go into it expecting what you're going to get it's a lot of fun yeah like i don't think anyone's going to be like oh yeah you know 1962's king kong versus godzilla is a a, a masterpiece and you know it really touches the human soul and it reinvents cinema no but it's really fun to watch this gorilla and this dinosaur shove trees down each other's throat so and it does have it out for Big Pharma in 1962. That's wild. Oh, it, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> is it Big Pharma or is it just like marketing? But it has yeah, it's marketing, for, really. Both pretty I just thought, yeah. Because <laughs> I thought it was a newspaper for the first 20 minutes and yep. until I realized it wasn't a well, newspaper. No, but it's, it's that very Japanese thing, right? You have these TV shows which just exist because of their sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's still half the shows now.
I guess sort of the, what, what we I guess we already kind of talked about the um, turn of the millennium ones as being like the best Godzilla films. But how, how about these Showa era ones? Um, not counting the first, of course. How, how does this rate in with the Showa era? Um, this is like the beginning of those, and I think they just get steadily better. By the yeah, time you've got like destroy destroy all monsters and stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say destroy all monsters banging. for me is the um is probably the apex with a um, nice nice chaser with the seventies weirdness and nihilism. Yeah. So <laughs> it's true, but uh, you know, then when you talk about uh, smog monsters, that's seventy one or seventy two, maybe two or three years later, they do Godzilla versus Hydra, the smog monster. Yeah, and that that was a good one. That was kind of like getting a more back into it, like making it terrifying again. Like yeah. when the people die from the smog monster and you see their skeletons and stuff like that, you know? Nice. That was pretty cool, cool stuff going on. Just uh, before but, the 2014 one, I think one of the original plans they were going to do, the American film was going to have Hedera as the bad monster. They wanted to do oh, the smog wow. monster again, but then they did those stupid bugs instead. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they kind of get back into like a, um, like an ecological sort of message with the smog monster. And it sort of brings it back to like the two monster fight. Yeah. You know, because they were starting to get into these movies where it's just like destroy all monsters with the free for all. You know, it's like eight monsters in there. I like eight monsters. I like the big free for all ones occasionally. I don't think they can yeah. be your main films, but like you do them on the anniversary. So like that's why I like Final Wars because it was the 50th anniversary. We're going to put him on ice for 10 years. So here's just every monster you can think of. Godzilla just fucks them all up one by one. <laughs> That one, that one does have Baby Godzilla, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. I, I, I was, you know, I watched like ten Godzilla films within like a week period last year. When I that one even has the '98 American Godzilla getting destroyed by the real Godzilla. Yes, yes, I remember that. <laughs> no, I just, I, I was like mainlining Godzilla films last November when I spent that week in the or October when I spent that week in the hospital. So right. it was like. But so so much, and and then we podcast about Godzilla when I was doing that too. So oh yeah, from the hospital. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to make sense. Yeah, you'd hear in the background, like you'd hear like medical beeps and like you know nurse voices, which uh, makes sense for a Godzilla film, I guess. <laughs> um, a any final points anyone wants to throw out on this one? Then, nah. Uh, yeah. So like, uh, you know, I just think it's awesome. How they made Kong look in this movie, 62, you know, King Kong versus Godzilla. I mean, they made him look silly, but then they set him on fire a little bit. I thought that was kind of cool, you know. Kong really gets beaten up in this movie quite a bit. And drunk. As, as we all know. Mm -hmm. uh, it was only through the magic of electricity that he finds his inner Kong and is able to, you know, come through and triumph in the end, you know. But I love when they set him on fire. He's like, what the hell is this, dude? I'm on, I'm on fire, man. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm getting out of here. And that was the other thing. It was like, every time he get in trouble, he's like, I'm out of here. Unless, of course, he decides to bang his head on a rock. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Which seemed may also be a prevalent theme. I mean, he did a, he, 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 he befuddled himself more than once in this film. Kong um, spent a lot of his You know, like any good gorilla, man, you, you gotta, you know, you gotta break a few rocks with your head before before you can beat the bad guys. I just so, remember something we haven't mentioned. For like 50 years, there was the rumor that this film had two endings, which is just a bullshit yeah, fact so, a yeah, magazine made up. About that. <laughs> the film does have two endings. 
It has a Japanese ending and an American ending. But they are very, exactly very different. The yeah. <laughs> Except that in the American version, you only hear you only hear Kong's roar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, and in the Japanese version, you hear them both. But yeah, the you know, the so Japanese one, it wasn't necessarily meant to be like they're both alive. It's just the two monsters saying goodbye to the audience. No. That's right, and it was a, uh, and I believe it was Godzilla first, and then you hear Kong after that. Yeah, the Japanese version. But the rumor uh, was that there was fully an ending where Kong wins and an ending where Godzilla wins for years. Yeah, I basically until the magazines. disc started coming up. I had stacks of monster magazines, like I said, and they talked about that shit in those magazines. I mean, I've read that. Yeah, growing up as a kid. Yeah, I read that was, as if it was. It fact. was canon. Yeah, yeah, it was canon that there were two endings. As it turns out, not so much. Yeah, total bullshit. <laughs> why? Why, why yeah. did they? I mean, there are two endings. It's in the soundtrack, but it's a totally yeah. different soundtrack anyway. So yeah, yeah. So so the whole movie's a different soundtrack. But I think I guess in later years it did become that Godzilla was a good guy. So it made sense. If they'd made this film 20 years later, it would have made sense that in Japan they want Godzilla to win. But when this film actually came out, Godzilla was purely a villainous character. So even in Japan, the audience would have been rooting for Kong. Yeah, I was kind of thinking this movie is kind of um, Kong's Dark Knight of the Soul on the way to self-actualization, you know? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Well, as he's <laughs> going through all these travails and he learns how to become the APUs. So when he gets back to Faro Island... I mean, he just learns nonsense lightning powers that we never see again. <laughs> Which I think must come from the Frankenstein version of the script because he's powered by lightning. So. He only uses them when he needs them. He shows restraint. I see. <laughs> I do think this version of Kong is one of the inspirations behind the... So Monster Hunter has its Kong-based monster, who's also kind of based on like the Journey to the West Monkey King. But he has lightning powers. Which I think is a reference to this one. Okay, so none of us have seen the new one yet. Let's let's predict now. We'll we'll, we'll make a gentleman's bet. Uh, does will Kong have lightning powers? Nah, no. He's got smarts. Okay, no lightning. I don't know. I think they might put the lightning in as like homage. I don't know. That, that might be a shot where there is some lightning or whatever. But I don't think he's going to explicitly have lightning powers. Okay. I hope. Also, does. I think uh, we're going to get. Go for, I'm going to go for no lightning. No lightning at no all. No smarts. Okay. No lightning he's just no gonna smart. punch Godzilla. He's just gonna he's just gonna triumph on dumb luck. <laughs> well, I don't think either of them's gonna win. I think we're gonna get a bullshit. They team up to fight someone else. And yeah. Then... This is a, this is a yeah. dumb luck Kong in this in this sixty two one. But that's the charm. I he's, don't think we're gonna get the Kong ending Kong. I want, which is I want them to team up and fight Cthulhu. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. right. I mean, in this day and age, they're never gonna end a movie ever. Again, it's just all going to be setups for the next right. movie. Yeah. Make it or not. So I'm not expecting much of an ending here. <laughs> I'm expecting a non-ending or what's more like a beginning. Could we get an ending and then a post-credit scene? That oh, we'll, we'll get an ending which doesn't set it, which sets up a film, and then a post-credit scene that sets up another film, like five, and then a final credit the film which sets up another film. Yeah, <laughs> and just like WrestleMania, up. baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's a four-year story arc. <laughs> you're only going to do it for two weeks a year. Um, so, Sasparilla, you have fantastic movies, appearances. How, how do people get into your stuff on the internet? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I did a movie. It's called The Adventures of Sasparilla, the Singing Gorilla, and it's an action-adventure serial uh, monster movie done in a 40 serial style. Yeah, that's it. Action-adventure thriller of a monster movie done in a 40 serial style. And, uh, yeah, there are four parts. It's got, like, hooded bad guys, 
and like all sorts of good stuff. And again, it didn't have to look real. It just had to look awesome. <laughs> so it was big party high five was the guys that did it. And uh, they're really cool. They're, it's funny. We did it back in 2004. We shot these movies. They came to me and said, hey, Seth, want to do a movie? I said, sure. And they said, we're going to do like, have you do like a giant monster fight where you fight a biomechanical doppelganger of yourself amongst the buildings of the city. And I was like, I'm in. So like we did it. And, uh, and we actually did it and made the, the movie. So they're on the internet, they're on YouTube, they're out there. You know, Southboro has always been kind of an underground thing. I'm still an underground thing. So I just show up on a street corner with the upright bass and play whenever, do whatever. Maybe I'll sing, maybe I won't. What are you doing tonight? I don't know, I'm MCing. Well, it's, you're the singing girl, are you gonna sing? No, I'm just here to announce. You know, I mean, come on. But yeah, that's that's what they hire me for. But yeah, that's good. I got the movies. Basically anything but a singing telegram. And I'm still doing that to this point right now, to this day. Started it back in 2001, where it was like anything but a singing telegram. Because I'm trying to blaze a new trail for singing girls anyway, because singing telegrams were all they had, you know. Mm. But I was like going to blaze a new trail. It's been a long 20 years, but I'm still doing it. And I was going to say that the theme song for your for your movie, you can't unhear it. That, that bounces in my head like every other day, right? So, <laughs> Yeah, they're like, Sass, we need a theme song. And I was like, okay, give me a few minutes. And I got back to them and like, we wrote the theme song. You can tell I wrote that theme song in four minutes, right? Because <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you can tell we recorded it even quicker. No, one, one, I made a song once that uh, people are angry because it gets in their head. And I made that on my lunch break. So, you know, maybe maybe true catchiness is contained in a small space of time. Absolutely. The song was written in four minutes and recorded in two. <laughs> Just remind me of two Perfect. facts which I recently learned and want to share, even though they're not really relevant. Yeah, sure. Uh, so first, in one of the Sonic Adventure games, there's a bunch of raps that play in the Knuckles levels, which were written and recorded, all of them in one day for this game. <laughs> they're dreadful. But in the same podcast I learned that, I learned that in Sonic Rush on the DS... The final boss music, which is a song I really like. The voice sample in that is from a Malcolm X speech. Oh my God. <laughs> so you're playing a Sonic smashing up Robotnik and it's going, too strong, too black, too strong, too black. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm X speech. <laughs> That's awesome. I used to make a public enemy song start in my head too. So. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, they were just looking for a sample. They had no idea what it was from when they took it, right? And then they. Uh, he makes an analogy about coffee, and I think the Japanese music guy thought it was just literally a guy talking about coffee. <laughs> he didn't realize it was like a racially charged thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have that stuff in Japan sometimes. Uh, there's still uh, there. There was a news show um, that was on kind of inter mildly entertaining news, uh, entertaining Sunday night news news info show, right? Mm. Which uh, just went off the air in April because they just, they do these animated segments and they just kept coming out like racist as hell. <laughs> so <laughs> they just had to take the thing off the air. Like NHK had to like apologize on like multiple occasions for these <laughs> insane, because um, they're talking about North Korea or China. Um, I, I think it was, they were, oh, I think it was George Floyd with it when they shit the bed, when they were trying to do George Floyd with a with an offensive animated um, segment. Right. <laughs> That'll go over well. It didn't go no over problem. well. Yeah, no, not too soon or nothing for that. 
it was the week after it was like literally yeah. like a week after and they're having and because they didn't know they had no clue <laughs> they, like, they made yeah. the nhk employees take like cultural sensitivity classes or something well we were recording our episode on space is the place as the news broke like as it happened i think we were doing it as it happened unfortunately yeah. but uh yeah <laughs> um I, uh, luke tell them where we're at all right you can find this podcast on twitter at mlsfs pod we're also on Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the places where podcasts can be found. You can find our podcast by searching Matt and Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. We've done other Godzilla and King Kong episodes. Go look them up if you want. If you like the music you heard in this episode, unfortunately, it wasn't provided by a singing gorilla. It was provided by Matt. You can find more of his music at rovingsagemedia.bandcamp.com. And if you've enjoyed all the retro games chat, then uh, you can hear me talk about this fella here, Mario by going to my YouTube where I've been doing 35 second reviews of all the Mario games for the 35th anniversary. Um, just search Luke Summer Hayes on YouTube. You can probably find it. Are you finished with that now? No, I got a couple left. Okay. I got, um, the problem I got to was the next one I needed to do was Mario galaxy two, which is only available as the actual Wii game. And I looked on Amazon and it was like 80 bucks. So, uh, and then it, like a month later, I thought, Oh, I didn't click on other sellers. And I got <laughs> one for like 400 yen. <laughs> There we go. Okay. Well, thanks for having me, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Nice. Very groovy. No singing today, but that's fine. Sometimes Sass don't sing. Sass, I'll see you at WrestleMania. I'll look forward to it, brother. <laughs> <laughs>